So we're rereading Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. Verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. May God bless the ring of his word. Now, as you all know, as we're continuing our search for uh, our English minister to replace Chuck, uh, we have, we're fortunate to continue to have Dr. Arthurs preach to us. Dr. Arthurs. Good morning to you. I want you to know that I was praying for you today as I drove here. It takes me about 40 minutes to drive here, and with great joy and expectation, I was lifting you up before the Lord. May he help you be his disciples, his true followers. My name's Jeffrey Arthurs. As uh, our brother said, I'm helping out uh, in this interim period while the church is looking for a new English uh, ministry uh, pastor. Good to be with you. We're in the book of Philippians. We have a tremendous passage today. It's just, it's just rich and beautiful. Let me see if I can provide an entrance into it by telling you about author Wayne McDill. Wayne McDill has a friend who owns a chain of restaurants. And McDill's friend has found that it's helpful to place up on the wall of the kitchen pictures of what the uh, the dishes are supposed to look like which the cooks are cooking sort of a model picture you know the french fries go here and it should look like this when you're done and uh, McDill's friend not only has placed these pictures up on the wall but he actually has the managers of these different restaurants appoint an assistant manager to go back and part of the assistant manager's job is to point the assistant manager goes back and says remember see, see, see the chicken fingers four chicken fingers coleslaw goes next to it look at this one here Well, today, the Lord is going to give us some pictures on the wall, and he's commissioned me to point at them, to call your attention to these pictures. The pictures are not of food, of course. They're not of coleslaw and a pickle spear. They are of a character quality as embodied and represented and pictured in the Lord Jesus Christ. The character quality is this one, humility. Humility. Jesus was humble. You should be humble. Somebody says, well, man, I'm not into that. I just, uh, you know, I don't feel this need for humility. I would rather be noticed than to notice other people. 
I would rather win than come in second or last. I would rather people listen to my story than give an ear to their story. If that's how you feel, if you don't feel this burning desire, yeah, 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 humility, that's what I need. If you feel that way, I understand. I understand. There's something in the heart that sort of wants to promote ourselves, isn't there? Magnify ourselves, not put ourselves under. But let me suggest that deeper in your heart, if you're a disciple of Jesus, deeper in your heart, you do admire humility. Because this is a value that God values. And if the life of Jesus is in you, if you are in union with Christ, if you believe in him, if he is sharing his life with you, if you're his follower, if you're his disciple, then that value, deep in your heart, is placed there. I mean, you, you admire it, you appreciate it when someone um, sets aside their agenda for you, right? You really appreciate that. That's humility. You appreciate it when, um, when someone shows interest in you and listens to you and just lets you blather on. I mean, that, that's humility. They're, they're serving you rather than themselves. And so if the life of Jesus is in you, you do want Humility, you do admire this beautiful character quality. So, God is going to give us uh, some pictures on the wall, pictures of Jesus, that will help us be like him, emulate him. That's what we're striving for. Okay, here's the first picture. It's right up here. See it? The picture up there is a picture, it has a title underneath it. The title is, He Surrendered. He Surrendered. We're using our imaginations. <laughs> uh, it says, He Surrendered. Now here's what it looks like. Let me help your imagination. It's not a realistic photo. It's not like, you know, a snapshot. It's, I don't know, it, I think it's time-lapsed. And the colors kind of blur together. It looks more like a watercolor. Up at the top of the picture, it's, it's just bright. It's golden. There's these little flecks of, uh, I don't know, silver and little dots of white. And it's a shining. And as it drips and morphs and a time lapse as time goes on. Done down toward the bottom, it's, I don't know, it's not very pretty. It's kind of ugly. It's kind of muddy colored. It's just sort of bleh down at the bottom. And this is a picture of his lowering himself, his descending, his surrendering from heaven to earth. You see it right there in verse number uh, 6. Well, let's start with verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Although he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. 
but he emptied himself. This is talking about the doctrine of the incarnation or the the second person of the Trinity. God himself, Jesus the eternal son, emptying himself, surrendering. One, One of the old hymns says, out of the ivory palaces into this world of woe. Shining light. The worship of angels, flecks of silver in a golden background, surrendering that glory. Somebody has said that the story of Jesus, this first, uh, this first picture, is a riches to rags story. Not rags to riches. Riches to rags. Verse, uh, verse 6 says, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. It's an interesting phrase. He was equal with God, right? He and the Father, Father, Son, Spirit, the Holy Trinity, you know, omniscient, omnipotent, you know, the God himself. He didn't count his equality with God, yeah! Mine, 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 mine. You can't pry this up! What happened? He didn't count his equality with God something to be grasped. But he emptied himself. Hey, do you know that old uh, sermon illustration, uh, the monkey jar? Have you heard about this? Well, now you need to be fully baptized into church culture. Here's the illustration. Um, The illustration says, if you want to catch a monkey... In the cultures of the world, uh, wherever, Southeast Asia or wherever, where they have monkeys. How do you catch a monkey? You, you put something the monkey wants, let's say like an orange or something, into a jar. And the jar is shaped like this, so that the orange goes down. And then the neck is very narrow. The orange can just barely fit through. And the monkey, oh baby, that monkey wants that orange. He'll reach in there and ha, grasp. And then what happens? Because his hand is a little bigger, you know. And the the, the monkey will not let go. And if you uh, if you if you you bolt that uh, that jar or you know affix it to the to the table or the floor or whatever, then you just you the monkey's trying to and you just walk over and you capture the monkey. I'm sure it's not quite that easy, but you can capture a monkey. Okay, here's the problem with the sermon illustration. It apparently isn't true. Monkeys aren't that dumb. If, you know, if it's got the orange and if you come in to capture it, they'll let go of the orange and climb a tree or whatever. Okay. I do know a species that is trying to grasp and will not let go. Me, mine, my rights. You know the name of that species? No, it's not girls and it's not boys. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, we see it when we look in the mirror. But the picture on the wall shows Jesus surrendering. 
let this mind, with this attitude, be in you. Second picture. It's back here, back, almost back to that corner back there. Second picture is, um, it has a title underneath it. The uh, first one, he surrendered. The second one is, he served. He served. Verse 7. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Was born in the likeness of men. He took the form. The word means the exact nature, the, the, very, the essence. He, in essence, not just some act, not just some fake, not just some disguise. He became a real servant. So we have to picture him. Born in a stable. <laughs> We're coming up on that time of year, aren't we? Christmas time. Born, you know, the cows and the sheep and the, the wise men. Born in a stable. But don't let your familiarity with that story just kind of, just kind of whatever, you know, roll over ahead. Oh, way in a manger, no crib. Just hold on, just pause. He was born in a stable. Animals. It's probably cold. Did the sharp straw poke the newborn? Then he grew up, just, just kind of a normal lower class childhood. Uh, you know, he had his parents, and he had brothers and sisters. A whole bunch of them lived in this house. You know how big houses were in that day? I mean, typical, you know, the majority of the people. You know how big they were? They were about as big as a one-car garage. And there might have been six, seven, eight, I don't know how many people that lived in this house. He became a servant. And then he lived the life of a, um, a wandering uh, rabbi, a, a traveling teacher, right? He said of himself, foxes have their holes where they can go, and other animals have their, their, their nests. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I don't have a house. I just, I'm dependent on the, the charity of others as I wander around teaching. Fast forward to the end of his life. The night before he died. Remember that? We call that the Last Supper. This is a little living parable. A little symbolic representation. Remember? Here's our picture. This is a realistic photo. It's not swirling colors. It's like a, a photograph. It's a picture of him washing feet. So you have to see the disciples there. They're, they're all on the floor, maybe kind of leaning on cushions. They weren't sitting in, you know, regular table. Uh, but they're kind of, kind of leaning this way and their feet are out that way in this horseshoe shaped table. And they're all, uh, uh, leaning into a low table. Maybe the table was about that high or maybe it was just the, the food was on the floor. They put down cloths and mats and they're leaning and, uh, Jesus gets up from dinner. And he takes off his outer robe and he sort of winds himself up in this big old linen towel. And the rest of the disciples are like, 
What is he doing? They know what he's doing. They've seen this. And he goes over to a, a basin of water and he, big pitcher and he pours out a basin of water. And the disciples are like, you've got to be kidding me. This is so embarrassing. Our teacher, our Lord is... And they're kind of... And Jesus goes to the first disciple, takes off sandals and washes feet. There's this embarrassed silence. Goes to the second disciple. He comes to Judas. 24 feet. Probably had to change the water a few times. He served. King of heaven. Acting like a slave. That's what you should do. That's the photo on the wall. This is what we admire. This is the life of Christ deep in us. This is what we want. Humility. Service. Give up your seat. Give up your pride. Let someone else go first. Volunteer to go last. Share some money. Share some of your expertise. Help a stranger. Help your brother or sister. Carry a bag. Carry a burden. Spend time simply listening to your friends. Spend some time listening to your parents. Humble yourself and serve. Listen, pray. Speak an encouraging word. Serve each other. Third picture. He surrendered. He served back here in this corner. He sacrificed. He sacrificed. This is not a pretty picture. Verse 8. Becoming found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It's not pretty. A number of years ago, there was an article written in the Journal of the American Medical Association, very prestigious journal, you know, the cutting edge of medical research. And an interesting article, it was called uh, something like Medical Aspects of the Death of Jesus of Nazareth. Some scientists, some doctors wrote this article, and they described from the biblical account all the physiological, you know, the crucifixion and the, the whipping, they called it the flagellum. And you guys, it was not pretty. 
They talked about the lacerations through the different layers of the epidermis and the dermis and all the way down into the muscle and the tendons. They talked about the, the kind of spike, the, the nail that would have been used. And they, they probably didn't put it right through here, but probably down here where there's like a complex of bones, you know, because you have to put it through bones so it, it won't rip out of your hand. They talked about dehydration. You're hanging on the cross. You're sweating. You're bleeding. Your blood becomes very thick. Your heart can hardly even Pump it. He remembered Jesus said, I thirst. They talked about what happens, the swelling of the heart, the pericardium, the, you know, the sack around the heart. You guys, it is not pretty. And the Bible says he took the form of a servant and he died. Death on the cross. And that's our picture. I don't know that he's calling you and me to do that. I kind of hope not, but, but that's, that's our Lord. Pastor Bill Hybels says the speed of the leader is the speed of the team. What does that mean? The speed of the leader is the speed of the team. I think it's a dog sled analogy, right? The team can't go any faster than the leader, right? The speed of the leader dictates, all right, here's your leader. Look at him. Surrender. Service. Sacrifice. And he shares that value, humility, with you. I heard about a missionary in Brazil who was in a town and he was walking through the marketplace of the town and there's different vendors, you know, there's, they're, they're selling fruit and, and different trinkets and, he, and one of the, the, the stalls, uh, the guy was selling crosses, you know, like hand carved, nice wooden crosses and the, 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 the banner above uh, his, his, his stall said, cheap crosses. There are no cheap crosses. He sacrificed. He surrendered. Why did he do that? Why, why this bloody death, this terrible death, the lacerations and the epidermis and the, you know, the spike? Why did he do that? The Bible says he was doing it so that we would not have to die under the wrath of God. He bore the wrath of God. Even though he never did anything wrong himself, God turned, remember, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's a good question. Why did God forsake him? The sun was darkened and the ground shook. Why did God turn his back on his son? The Bible says he became sin for us. What does that mean? I'm not sure. Somehow, all the bad stuff we've done, somehow it was like transferred to him. One person says he absorbed our sin. Sponged it up, he, for us. And that's the picture of how we should sacrifice for his glory, for the good of one another. There's one more picture. It's over here. 
Thankfully, it's a happy picture. Thankfully, this whole story turns, you know, uh, uh, surrender and service and sacrifice. But now it takes an upswing. And this is a picture of Jesus rising from the dead, ascending into heaven. And the picture shows him seated on the right hand, right beside God his Father. Glorified body, joy on his face, health flowing through his veins once again. He has been exalted because God rewarded him for this, this humble service that he has done for us. Verses, uh, starting with verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He has been pleased. God has been pleased. The Father has been pleased with the sacrifice of his Son. And he said, I will not let you stay in the grave. I will raise you to new life and exalt you. And every tongue will see my approval of you. And you'll receive the glory that you used to have and the glory that you deserve and you have once again. Did you know that God uh, rewards humble service? I'm not saying that you and I are Jesus and we're going to sit on the right hand. I'm saying there's a pattern here. God will reward you for walking in his steps, especially in regard to humility. Listen to some of the scripture verses that talk about his reward. This is 1 Peter 5. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Revelation 22. Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. Matthew chapter 19. Go, sell all that you possess. Give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Peter said, well, look, we we have left everything to follow you. What then will we have? Jesus said, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. That's the hope we have. Our hope is not in this world. We're not striving and grasping. Me, me, me. We're not, we're not wrangling for authority and riches and wealth and look at me and listen to me and my joke and I'm the funniest and I'm, I want to be the starter and we're doing, we set aside our rights in the belief and hope, walking by faith. He will reward us in his own time in his own way, just as he has exalted his son. All right, my friends, there you have four pictures on the wall. Surrender, right? 
sort of a time-lapsed photo. He's coming to earth. Service, he's washing feet. Sacrifice, it's not pretty. Exultation and reward. May the Lord help you and me serve like our Savior did. Amen.